Hello, Instagram. Hello, YouTube. Hello, Facebook. And welcome to the Better at Beach Volleyball podcast. My name is Mark Burick. And today we're going to talk about weird setting advice. That is the goal today. Now, I'm seeing a few posts uh, on social media, on our Facebook groups, so specifically volleyball tips, get better at beach volleyball. That is one of our Facebook groups. It's a free Facebook group. We get about 14,000 people in there and people are asking questions nonstop. And uh, recently I saw somebody setting a medicine ball to themselves and asking for more setting tips. So I wanted to talk about that today and some other maybe strange um, or not necessarily proven advice that coaches say. And I go through this at our camps and I think it's just a good opportunity to let you know that it's okay to explore your own setting journey and setting path. So that's what we're going to do today. But I do uh, want to talk about our 30-day setting course. It's an at-home 30-day setting course. So if you're looking to improve your bump setting your hand setting, your technique. We have tutorials that you go through every day. Then we tell you what drills to do and you do them at home or on the court. You should record those because if you become a member, you get to record any of your videos and you post them to our private Facebook group. And once you're there, then we have an entire coaching staff just ready to analyze your film and ready to show you exactly what you're doing wrong. So our elite members, they get to meet with us and we have phone calls with them at least twice a week. And for our basic members, well, you still get nonstop video analysis. So if you want to check that out, just head to betteratbeach.com forward slash set. Betteratbeach.com forward slash set. Just so you know, whenever you sign up for any of our programs, it opens up all of our programs. So you will get the entire library. It's just Whichever way you go in, then you get the entire library, and then you get to choose where you start. And uh, we've got some great programs in there, of course, including our 60-day vertical jump program and mobility for volleyball. But today, today we are going to talk about setting. Uh, I will say that if you want one of the in-person events, our Florida three-day camp, which is happening the last weekend of August... <laughs> A lot of people are signing up for that quick. We did not expect to get as many signups as we are getting. So go ahead and grab your spot. Of course, all of our camps are limited. We want to make sure that we can have the right number of coaches at every camp. So if you want to get in there, make sure that you do that early. That is a B and A level co-ed camp. Doesn't necessarily mean you'll end up on a co-ed court. We just go camp by camp and we decide how we're going to break it up. And almost always we go by gender and level. Okay. If we have special requests, that's what we do. We have one spot left for our fundamentals course on August 6th in Hermosa Beach. So if you want to come to that, it is uh, five hours of volleyball. And there is a one hour break for lunch where we talk about really anything volleyball. So um, we usually do some sort of personal development and lunches on us. And you get this whole collection of swag, which is really sweet. From me, if anyone out there really lives in the South Bay, is living in California, um, Hermosa Beach area, and you are an editor 
and a videographer. I could use your help really trying to grow the personal brand. And I need somebody who can really just show up a lot and edit a lot and post a lot because we're constantly teaching, doing what we do. And I'd like to really, you know, jump up our content level. So if you're somebody who loves volleyball and knows the game, loves fitness and knows fitness, and you're willing to just film while I teach and do, please get in touch. Uh, I would really love to start talking to some people. I know I'm talking to a few of the AVP uh, volleyball content producers there, and I'm trying to get one of them on our side. But if you know anybody, let us know. And if you know anybody in the apparel game who knows how to source different materials, different shirts, and loves just creating a new piece of art that has to do with our brand, get in touch with me. We are trying to upgrade our apparel brand, but uh, I don't want any of my hands on it. So you're going to have a lot of independence if you decide to come and work with us. And, you know, if you just want to make up a job and come do it for us, (laughs) we're happy to have some cool people. All right, uh, let's talk about setting. So we did see on our Facebook group, somebody was setting with a medicine ball, right? Does a medicine ball help you? And if you've never seen this, what am I even talking about, right? Some people will use a weighted ball, a medicine ball to practice their setting. Let's just talk about a few of the potential advantages. One, a medicine ball is so heavy that you're less likely to hold the ball in this pincher position, right? Where your hands are stuck forward and we get um, you know, kind of sausage fingers where they're just stuck, okay? When we're receiving a ball for beach and certain parts of indoor, we want our hands to rotate backwards. So the catch phase, basically you're going to start in kind of a ball shape, but as the ball enters, your palms turn towards each other. So it's almost like you're pointing your forefinger and your thumb back at your own head. And that's the hand position that you would end up in at the bottom of the catch phase. I want to be careful with this because a lot of people think about, okay, the catch phase means I bring the ball down. Your hands receive the ball like a trampoline, but your elbows should go up. So on the catch, your elbows might be going up or they might be uh, frozen or they might be stuck in place. They're not going to bend and go down. You really, with contact with the ball, you don't want your elbows going down and you don't want them bending. Some people, if you notice pros and, and how they set, like very good setters, you might see that their elbows bend a little bit more when they're contacting the ball. Sometimes it's an optical illusion. In other words, they're matching the speed of the ball. So their hands are going down. And then hopefully if it's a legal set, they're neutral or going up during that set. Okay. Another way to visualize this is a trampoline. Like imagine you're holding a 18 inch trampoline in your hands and there's a ball falling towards your head. So you move the trampoline up, right? You would see the material part of the trampoline, the bottom, the ball would bottom out. It would get below the metal ring that is holding the trampoline, but your arms would be moving up. It would look like the ball went down past your hands and then come up. That 
is a pretty good visualization for what a set should be. As your arms go up, you receive the ball with your hands, so your hands end up tilting back, and then your arms continue, and then your hands push forward, extending through the fingers and thumbs. Some people finish like Superman. Some people just finish straight. Uh, Some people like to extend and flare out. Every set's different. Every set needs different power, so... Some of them you're really going to extend fully. Some of them you're not going to extend at all. Uh, That's a lot of personal preference, and we see a lot of the world's greatest setters doing it in very different ways. Okay, So you can extend fully, but I mean, Bruno won a world championship, and he almost never gets beyond 90 degrees with with his elbows. The important part here is we're talking about a medicine ball and how can it help us or does it. Okay. If you set a medicine ball, you're likely not going to try to challenge the weight and the momentum of that medicine ball with your fingers. So you're almost forced to receive it. The dangerous part about this is if your hands get too soft with a medicine ball, you might hit yourself in the nose, teeth, chin, whatever. So you do have to be really careful when you're using this. I think it's stupid to use a very heavy medicine ball if you're training for setting. Find a weighted ball that's as light as possible, as light as they make them. And then maybe you might start getting the feeling of how the ball should bring your hands back, should bring your fingers back before you end up setting forward. Okay, That should be the feeling. The ball brings it back. And a medicine ball can help with that feeling. Some people talk about a medicine ball in terms of, okay, well, it gives us strength. So in other words, it makes our fingers stronger. I could get on board with that, but I don't think people who are bad setters (laughs) are bad because their fingers aren't strong enough to do it. So if you're ending up spending time with that medicine ball more than you're actually having somebody watch you, having somebody teach you what your hands look like, putting yourself in slow motion while you're setting. Those are going to be so much more valuable than you, you know, getting half of your reps with a medicine ball to try to teach you. If you want help, if you really want to learn how to set, how to hand set, go to betterbeach.com forward slash set, sign up for our setting program. I guarantee within a week, you'll be a better setter, but it's a 30-day program. You are going to be a very good setter at the end of that 30 days because we give you daily drills that you should do at home and on the court. So please, uh, if you're looking for setting help or you're afraid or shy or you're still getting nervous that somebody's going to call you for a double or a lift, just sign up with us and we'll be ready to help you out. Okay. But again, is there transfer? Is there transfer with this heavier ball? I don't think so, right? I I don't think using a different object that's a different size, you're going to get a ton of transfer that's going to be useful for you. This just isn't the best bang for your buck. They have that weighted ball, the setter, and it's, again, it's okay. But you're not going to toss that setter ball, the heavier ball, to maximum height. So you're not going to be getting 
game-like reps, which experience the absolute most transfer, right? You need to set volleyballs in a game situation more in order to be getting better at setting balls in a game situation. So if <laughs> don't waste your time setting a medicine ball consistently and spending extra minutes and extra hours doing it when you should be setting off of somebody's platform in a game style and then critiquing from there and learning how you do it. Okay. Another one thing like last point on the medicine ball thing is it does help you absorb it, right? It will help you absorb it. It can be a little bit dangerous if you start trying to go too high. So I would recommend very small touches against a wall like on your own so that it's not getting crazy out of control. And hopefully, maybe, since that ball is bringing your hands back, you get that little extra flexibility, extra stretch out of your hands. But it's not a solution to teaching you how to set. You need a coach. You need somebody who's watching you and who's going to do it. So remember that that trampoline vision, when your elbows go up, your hands receive, your arms keep going, and then your hands go full out. So your hands start from neutral, the ball enters, so your palms turn towards each other, almost like you're pointing at your forehead with your forefingers and pointing at your chin with your thumbs. Right? That's that receive position or the bottom of your receive, receive position, and then you can extend out from there. Okay. Um, that might help, but the heavy medicine ball, weighted ball, it's not your answer. Okay. Next, coaches talk a lot about net foot forward. If you don't know what I'm talking about, when we talk about setting, almost all elite coaches are going to say, hey, you're going to end with your net foot forward. What does this do? So if the net's on, if I'm a left side, if I'm playing left side and the net ends up on my left side, when I set my partner, my last two steps are going to be right, left. So my left foot is my last step and it's closer to the net, and it gets a little bit forward. We're told, and sometimes we even teach, that this prevents oversets. Maybe. Maybe not. This is one of those theory things that has not been tested. So there hasn't been a coach or a program that coaches everything the exact same way but he takes 1,000 of his players and he says, make sure that your off foot is forward. And then with his Tuesday group or whatever, uh, the other 1,000 people in this test, he says, okay, make sure that your net foot is forward. We don't actually know if that is more likely or less likely for the overset. You can say, you can argue, well, of course, you know, your, your hips are a little more towards the net, so you're more likely to overset. You can argue that, but there is no proof. So I'm telling you that right now. We haven't proven it. We just think it's a thing. Okay. What having your left foot forward does do a little bit more is it allows potentially a better entry path for the ball. So if your right leg is forward, then if you're not twisting your body, you've kind of hidden your shoulder from the ball. So now the ball is approaching like from the back of your shoulder instead of approaching your chest. Right? It's easy if your net foot is forward, then your chest and your hips are a little bit more open to the ball as you're receiving it. So you might have a better chance at setting it, right? Or setting it cleanly because you can receive it. 
That could work. Again, this is what we teach. It's what all the world's best players do. So we're going to keep doing it until somebody's willing to run that test. Okay. The, the last thing that I think is pretty legit is also the balance portion. So when you make your left foot or your net foot the, your last step, it gives you this kind of stopping motion where on your last step, you can extend it a little bit more laterally, a little bit wider to the side, and that will stop your momentum. That final one will stop your momentum so that you can have a little bit more balance when you're setting your partner. Okay. So as you're running to the net, imagine that you like pushed left. So I'm a left side, right? I'm approaching the set and the net's on my left side and I went left. And then my last foot was my right foot. Now I might end up maybe in like a weird crossover pattern with my legs or a little eye formation. And we just don't love that. If we're following the ball, it's just, it feels easier to have that net foot forward and uh, make that your last step so that that is your stopping set and it's pretty good calculation for where you're going to go. Okay. But, you know, we see people doing these medicine ball things. Has anybody ran a test of can somebody set a ball farther if they use a few of the medicine balls and then a few of the regular balls? I don't know. I don't know if anybody's run that test. Okay. Has anybody run the test of a thousand players doing their off foot forward, a thousand players doing their net foot forward? No, not that I've seen. We just kind of create these things based on theories and based on what we see and what logic makes sense. The problem with that is it starts getting dangerous when you start doing that too much. You know, um, we start making <laughs> making things up. And this is why we get like so many rule arguments is that people try to dumb down some situations so that a newbie player can ref it easier. And that's when we started with the like hands have to be together for an overhand play. That was never a rule or it is, but it was a rule created by like a CBVA or an East end volleyball, an organization that had a lot of amateur players, amateur refs, and they had to make it easier to referee. So they created rules that were kind of versions of the real rules that made it easier. They just didn't want people hand-setting ugly balls like they would do in indoor. So they say, you know what, um, your hands have to be together. And then all of a sudden that made its way into a rule book, which becomes weird. So we don't want to just randomly simplify things and create rules. And we don't always just want to do what we hear and what we say from a local open player. I, I like to challenge little beliefs and I like to understand it. And at the very least, when I'm coaching, I say, hey, this is what we do. This is what we teach. This is what all the world's best players do. So that's why we're doing it. Okay. And I could give you a bunch of reasons why it works. But if you're a good uh, arguer, debater, you can always come up with a good reason for why something works. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, too many people BS their way through that. So. That's what we have for setting advice. Um, just guys, when you're setting, make sure that your elbows are growing up. Make sure that your hands receive the ball. Okay. And if you are learning to set or you don't feel confident, please talk to your group of players. 
talk to whoever you play with and say, for this session, can we just not call doubles? Can we not call lifts? So that we can all approach this with a little bit of courage and get a ton of reps instead of being scared that we're going to lose points. Like this, If this is just your Tuesday fun group, guys, loosen up on the calls for a few days so that you can improve at the sport. And it'll be a lot more fun and you'll get a lot better. When we do it at our camps, our three-day camps, um, our classes, and our seven-day camps, we don't call doubles. So if you come with us, you're going to have three to seven full, full, full days of volleyball. And no one can call double on you because we believe that you should get as many reps as you can trying to do this. And we know that the volleyball culture kind of discourages you doing it on the court. And then if you're a grown-up or somebody who only has two or four hours of volleyball to play, and that's the most you can get away in your life, you know, then you're never going to learn setting unless you get to try it during those two or four hours, right? If you're super competitive and you're not great at setting, but you have those extra hours, you've got 10, 20 extra hours during the week outside of your volleyball training, then you can go home and you can set to yourself for a few hours. But if you've got a job, if you've got to travel, if you've got kids, uh, you've got somebody in your life who needs you, you don't have that time. So see if you can encourage your group to do it with you. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all we want to talk about today. I do want to share my lift with you guys if you are interested in, I know this is way off topic, but I'll share with you uh, my current lifting schedule. I'm going two or three times a week. So I've scheduled three times a week. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Every day I do have some form of legs. I do have some form of back. I do have some form of chest, but I've alternated it to be a light and fast day and a heavy day. I'm always trying to be fast, but I know that I want a little bit of extra speed and quickness on one of those days. And I know that my light fast day, it doesn't gas me. It doesn't hurt or take a long bout of recovery for me. I'm doing it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And if I miss a Friday or if I miss a Wednesday because I'm traveling for camps on the weekends usually, then, all right, I pick right back up where I was. But my first set, I'm doing, so for my heavy days, I'm doing four sets of three. Uh, sorry, four sets of three hex bar deadlifts. A hex bar is that little hexagon that you step into, and then you can lift that. Uh, I do that at about 85% of my one rep maximum. That means the weight that I choose is 85% of the most that I could lift. Now, I've scheduled this for 10 weeks, so that's my starting weight. Okay. I started at 85%. After every four sets. So after I complete the exercise, all the sets in an exercise, at the end of that, I write E, M, or H. If I get E or M twice in a row and I didn't have a hard, I can move that up. That means that I can increase the weight next time, but I have to do it twice in a row. I want to make sure that I, I just wasn't feeling like it was a great day that I got two legit ones in a row. Okay. If it's an M or an H or there's an H anywhere in there, I'm actually like, excuse me, an H for hard. 
that means that I'm not going to move that weight up. I'm going to push it until I feel like, ah, that was medium intensity or better, right? Then I'm allowed to move that weight up. So I do four sets of three hex bar deadlifts. This is my heavy day. After that, uh, what do we do today? Then I do a superset. And here's where this becomes a little non-volleyball because I'm not competing anymore. I'm not necessarily training for volleyball. I still want to do max weight on my legs just because I'd like to have the potential to jump. But I would add a few more jumping exercises in this if I were designing it for volleyball. Uh, right now I'm playing a lot of pickleball and a lot of tennis and some volleyball. So I get a lot of my agility moves and sprint work on the court. Okay. So after four sets of three hex bar deadlift uh, at 85% of my one rep max, then I'm moving on to super sets, four sets of eight in bench press, pretty useless for volleyball players and RDLs pretty good for volleyball players, but the rep scheme that I'm using, you might want to avoid it if you're a volleyball player, because I go higher reps. So I go four sets of eight. That means four sets of eight. So my first set, I'm bench pressing at 70% of my one rep max. That's where I started. And I can increase using the easy, medium, hard rules. And then same thing for RDLs or straight leg deadlifts. I started at 70% and I will increase over the 10 week program. Okay. I have to have easy or medium for two of the same workouts in a row before I increase my weight. This was a huge mistake that I made for a lot of my career. As soon as I felt like I could lift more weight, I would do it within a session. Very unscientific. Uh, I don't recommend it. Stick with it. This is a long-term game. So make sure that you have two easy to mediums for the same exercises, then you can increase that weight if you want to. Okay. Four sets of eight. We're talking kind of strength building, almost hypertrophy. So that's like the little eight reps is the line between developing max strength and developing hypertrophy. This again is not a rep scheme that I would use for volleyball players. Okay. My next one, this is where I'm going to chin up. So it's a superset. I do chin ups and barbell shoulder press. For chin-ups, I started at five. So I do two workouts at five chin-ups, four sets of five chin-ups. Every two workouts, I move that number up. So then I go to six, four sets of six. After two workouts at that, then I would go to four sets of seven. Uh, I'm supersetting that with barbell shoulder press, strict barbell shoulder press. It means I can't use any bounce from my legs. And that is, again, four sets of eight. And again, that eight rep scheme, that is the, the line between strength building and hypertrophy, which is not where most volleyball players should be. Okay, you should be at lower reps, or you can go lighter and fast. But I'm trying to put a little bit of bulk on. Most volleyball players don't need that. They need speed and maximum strength. Okay, that means lower reps lower than probably six, one to six reps is where you're going to go for max strength. Okay. When we go um, to my final exercises, these are my bonus exercises that I can just choose, but I do rear delt flies, which means that I bend over and I have dumbbells in my hands and I spread my arms like I'm flying. Okay. Those are for my rear delts. And uh, for those, I use a very lightweight and I'm doing two sets of 25. When you're doing arms or peripheral things, 
it's so hard to calculate what your one rep max is. And we don't actually follow the same rules that we do for compound lifts because this is probably a whole different podcast episode. But anyway, um, because when you're doing those compound lifts, it takes you so long to recover and there's so many muscles involved. When you just do bicep curls, it's your central nervous system doesn't need that much time to recover. You don't need that much to repair. There's fewer muscles for you to repair, fewer muscle fibers. So you can go a little bit higher reps and not really worry about it. So for me, I choose high sets of 25 because that's going to get me good balance, good fatigue, and a little bit of shaping. Since I'm not playing anymore, I get to try and shape my body a little bit. Uh, And for fun, for Anybody who's out there and needs some biceps, I leave on the table two sets of 25 for biceps. So I can just fly through those. I do rear delts, biceps, rear delts, biceps. You'll notice that each of my supersets are opposing muscles. So if I did RDLs, I supersetted that with a bench press. That means that my chest, my triceps, uh, and my shoulders, they should not be fatigued too much from my RDLs which is a leg, glutes, hamstring exercise, right? So I'm not challenging any of the same muscles. Similar with when I superset my uh, chin-ups, I'm using my biceps, my back, a little bit of my triceps. But when I come and now I'm doing my uh, barbell shoulder press, then I'm using a little bit of triceps, okay? And a lot of shoulders again. And maybe you could argue some upper pec. But when I choose my supersets, I make sure that I'm not using any of the same muscles so that the uh, they should be fully recovered in order for me to get that. Okay, That's what I did today. Um, and so I only gave you my heavy day. If you're interested and you want to get on my program, number one, you can just do the 60-day max program, which is specifically for volleyball players. And that's what I would use if you were competing. I would put you in our mobility for volleyball program. Make sure that we get your motor patterns right and we get you healthy. Then I would add you to the 60-day max vertical program, which is starting to increase your strength, and it has a lot of jumps built into that program. If you are interested in getting any of my (laughs) quasi-volleyball programs, we're talking about a little bit of extra hypertrophy, but still keeping your athleticism at a very high level, that's how I'm working out now, DM me shoot me a message. Uh, We'll get you on the program and we'll start building it for you. Okay. Uh, I'd be happy to be your personal trainer. I did that for a long time and I just converted all of that knowledge into becoming a volleyball player and volleyball coach. But uh, I would love to start working with some clients who are interested in going ham. All right. That's all from me. So weird setting advice. Have you guys heard some weird setting advice that you don't quite trust, go to our Facebook group, which is Volleyball Tips, Get Better at Beach Volleyball. Um, You could also search for Volley Chat. Ask them in that group. If you really want to learn setting, go to betteratbeach.com forward slash set. We'll train you how to set and you can do it from home. Uh, We'll give you all the drills that you need to. And then we could also analyze your match film or your practice film. Okay. And, uh, If you want to share some of that weird setting advice, go ahead and comment on whatever you're watching this on, and we would love to either laugh or debunk some myths for you, okay? And come to a camp. 
we got a lot of things happening in the next few months. I'm going to be living in Florida for four to six months. Haven't decided yet, but uh, at Postcard Inn, just so you guys know, we are setting up a permanent residency at Postcard Inn. So if you are interested in adult volleyball leagues, we are starting those at the Postcard Inn in St. Pete Beach, and we are starting regular classes. So if you are in the Florida area, we're going to be there on a regular basis, which is pretty sick. So we're going coast to coast now, West Coast and East Coast. All right. Uh, if you like the episode or you want to share it with somebody, please just go share it with somebody. Think of somebody in your mind right now and then start looking for that share button and send it to them. And while you're there inside that podcast or video, just give us a like and subscribe to us if you uh, want to hear more. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. See you on the sand. <laughs>